our Bibles this morning, please turn to Matthew chapter 10 this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, good to have visitors with us this morning. We appreciate you very much. I'll remind you that we have a, a special speaker in our 6 o'clock service tonight. Brother Nate Moore is a, well, Zach, he graduated with you, right, from New England Baptist College. We had him as a student this past year, and really a neat young man, and I know he'll be an encouragement to you, so I would ask and encourage you, if you can be here tonight, uh, please do. You'll be an encouragement to him, he'll be an encouragement to you, and well, most importantly, we'll worship the Lord together, right? So uh, please keep that in mind. Matthew chapter 10 this morning, uh, Matthew chapter 10. So let's just consider where we've been here uh, for a moment in the book of Matthew. Uh, Maryland, fairly recently, we spent a good amount of time in the Sermon on the Mount. I joke, Jesus preached it all in one day. We took a whole bunch of weeks uh, and, and we considered how it applies today, but really perhaps more literally looks ahead to the millennium. And then after that, we saw in a couple chapters, really, uh, the millennial reign of Christ. And after that, we saw uh, kind of the proof of the king, certain miracles that uh, prove who Christ is and uh, his authority and, and certainly his power. I've been reading through Dr. Strauss's outline of the book a little bit. He said uh, in the next several sections, next several chapters, I should say, you really have uh, what he calls a, a description of the program of the king, those things that Christ uh, has called his disciples to uh, in his day in the first century, uh, those things which he calls us to in our day in this century. Uh, and he makes the observation, as, as most commentators do, that uh, this does seem to look ahead perhaps to the tribulation period as well. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit to that as we look at some of the things uh, in this chapter. Uh, importantly, what we see in this chapter today, a number of things, but sort of the theme uh, is Jesus sending the 12 out specifically, uh, specifically to reach Jews uh, for Christ. And someone said, well, we understand that during the, the tribulation period, that really will be the Lord's plan to reach Jews, uh, Jewish people for Christ. Maryland, that'll be a great day. Amen. Uh, we're thankful in our church. We have two who, uh, who are ethnically Jewish, who, who grew up Jewish, who have come to Christ. And we know the Lord's still saving some Jewish people today, but during the tribulation period after the rapture, uh, he's he's going to have two witnesses and then 144,000 and uh, they'll preach the gospel and many will come to Christ during that time of tribulation. And so uh, we'll see the Lord sending out 12 here and giving instruction to them and uh, we'll mine out principles that we can take and imply, apply, apply to our outreach today uh, and also talk a bit about how this does seem to look ahead uh, to some specific, specific events, there we go, in the tribulation period also. Why don't we stand together if you're able to, and we'll read a portion of chapter 10 here this morning. We're in, again, Matthew chapter 10, uh, beginning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, uh, Matthew writes under inspiration, of course, and when he had called unto him uh, his 12 disciples, he gave them, what's the next word? Power. He, he was a good one to give them power uh, against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the name, names of the twelve, and here they are. First, uh, Simon, he's called Peter, we know him. Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the publican, 
Uh, he's our, our penman of this book, of course. James, the son of Alphaeus, uh, Labius, uh, whose surname was uh, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot, he's familiar to us also, uh, who also betrayed him. So here's the 12. And verse 5 says, These 12 Jesus sent forth, and he commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles. At this point, Jesus wanted them to go to Jews. And so he leads them. He gives them specific instruction for their ministry, their outreach at this time. He says, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any of the cities of the Samaritans. Uh, enter ye not. Of course, we saw the Lord uh, dealing with Gentiles and the desire that Gentiles be reached uh, this morning uh, in Acts chapter 15. But at this point in time, He's sending them out specifically uh, to preach the kingdom and, and to reach uh, Jewish people. He says, verse 6, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He wants them to focus at this point uh, on reaching lost Jews. He says in verse 7, as ye go, what's the next word? Preach, preach. Uh, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and that was true. The offer of the kingdom was there. It was, it was on the table. If his people would just come to him, uh, it would not be delayed. We know it's been delayed because the vast majority refused. Uh, we know the kingdom is still coming. The millennial, the millennial kingdom is coming, amen? You'll be there with him. We'll enjoy all of that. He says in verse 8, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received... Uh, freely give, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor scrip, that would be a, like a leather, and bag, leather bag for your journey, uh, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence, and when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace, let your peace return to you. Uh, we'll talk about this. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust. Shake off the dust of your feet. He says in verse 15, Verily, or truly, verily, I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Verse 16, the Lord continues, he says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents uh, and harmless as doves. The Lord sending forth the 12 here this morning. The Lord sending forth the 12. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for the privilege to, to have this portion of Scripture. Uh, Lord, to see that uh, you, are, you are a God uh, who has a purpose for your people. You guide and direct us in our ministry. And Lord, you, you give us everything that you need. Lord, you've warned us about the challenges. And you've promised to help us meet those challenges. Lord, I understand this morning that what we see here is history. Uh, you did send out these 12 specific men. Lord, I understand you've preserved this book for us because there's principles here that we can and should apply uh, to our own outreach today. 
Lord, I understand also this passage, this chapter likely looks ahead, likely looks ahead to the tribulation period when, when so many Jews, Jewish people will finally recognize Christ as their Messiah. Lord, that'll be a glorious day. That will be a wonderful day. And Father, we look forward to that and of course to the millennium beyond. Lord, thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for all of the hope. Father, we, we thank you especially this morning at, in a time of, of so much turmoil in Israel. Lord, we know that you will reach that nation. The nation and the people will one day, perhaps not too many days down the road from now, recognize that Christ is their Messiah and come to him. Lord, thank you for that certainty and that hope. Father, work here now this morning. Help us to see some principles that we can apply in our own outreach even now. Lord, we love you. I thank you. Thank you for the privilege to preach these words and ask you to help me now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May be seated. May be seated. Uh, it has been difficult this week to watch the situation in Israel, the West Bank, the Gaza Strip. It's been hard to see. Uh, it's obviously not a good situation. Of course, we support Israel, as the Lord calls us to, and uh, would argue that they have every right to defend themselves. Indeed, indeed they must do that. And people have made a lot of comments about the conflict, and uh, we know it, it's a biblical conflict, right? It, it, it goes back to biblical times, and uh, of course, it will continue uh, until Christ ends it at Armageddon, right? We know that, Zach, during the tribulation period, the Antichrist will enter into the equation, and uh, he'll offer a, a temporary false peace, and the world will be very encouraged uh, at that, and then <laughs> it'll, it'll fail, that peace will fail, and at the end of the tribulation period, the whole world will be arrayed against Israel, and it will look like there's no hope, but there is hope because Christ comes, Maryland with us, right? Uh, and he puts down the enemies of Israel once and for all and then ushers in his millennium. That's going to be pretty um, awesome, amen? Uh, we'll be there to see that. Between now and then, uh, the Lord's going to allow events that will um, encourage us to pray for his return, encourage us to pray for the peace of, of Jerusalem, of all the land, uh, and encourage us to look forward to that time. Do you look forward to that time? Uh, boys, you look around the world today, it's, it's easier to fall out of love with the world today and to fall more in love with the Lord uh, and to really, truly long for his return uh, and to be with him throughout the millennium and beyond, the new heaven and the new earth and beyond. Is it getting easier and easier to do that as you look around the world today? I hope it is. I believe it is. And we praise God for that. Well, this morning we have the privilege to see Christ again sending out these 12 uh, to reach the Jews. Maryland, he came first for them, right? There's people. Uh, secondarily for the Gentiles, and I'm thankful for that uh, being, being one. Uh, I want you to see here this morning that he did send them out. Number one, get that down, please. Make some notes with me this morning, please. Uh, Christ uh, called together a group of men. Uh, they're named here, and then uh, he sent them out. He's the one that sent them. Write that down, number one, please. Uh, Christ sent out his disciples uh, to go uh, and, and to reach the lost. Now, specifically here, Jews, we understand that. That was the, his, his purpose 
uh, at this point in his program. His purpose at this point in his program was to offer his kingdom uh, specifically to the Jews. We, we, we know that the Gentiles are offered the gospel, uh, and, and, and that's good, certainly. But at this point, Christ is focused uh, on offering his kingdom uh, to the Jews. Uh, so that's number one this morning. Christ sent out his disciples uh, to, to reach lost Jews. I want you to see here, um, make some notes underneath number one. A, he gave them power. He gave them all the power that they needed uh, to accomplish the purpose that he sent them out for. In verse one, we see that he called unto his 12, he gave them power. Uh, Rich, who, who more could give them power than the one who has unlimited power, amen? Uh, we look to Christ for power today to, uh, to live a life that pleases him. We look to Christ today for, uh, for power to go out and share the gospel. I'm thankful for uh, those that have been able to be out with us on Saturday uh, in recent weeks. By the way, I saw a picture of Pastor Tell and his group down in Queens. Uh, they were out on the street yesterday, uh, and they go out and some people sing, and uh, that's the ministry of some, and others were passing out uh, literature. Uh, they have some folks in the church that, that, that aren't able to stand or, or to walk and do that. So they're just out there sitting in chairs on, on the sidewalk singing and, and offering to scripture to folks that pass by. I said, I'm gonna, we're going to do that. So be, be praying about that, okay? One, one of these weeks, we're going we're gonna to go out and we're going to sing for a time. And uh, maybe some won't be able to stand, but some can sit and pass out scripture. So, so pray about that, please. I'm praying about that. We'll look forward to having a, a, a good time where we can get more folks involved in a, in a Saturday outreach. That's not something we could probably do every week, but, but maybe it is. We'll, we'll see. Um, the Lord gives us power to do what he calls us to. Someone say amen. He really does. Uh, and, and you know that, I, I'm sure. You, no doubt you've had experience where, where you know God has called you to do something specific that was hard maybe very hard. And you said, Lord, I won't be able to do that. And I think of Moses. I can't speak well. How would I do that? And God said, we'll take care of that. Don't you worry about that. You just go as I call you and, and I'll provide everything that you need. Well, uh, these 12, they're, they're just 12 men. Yes, they're called of the Lord and they've had the benefit of some time with him. Uh, but they don't have the benefit of all the, uh, all the things that, that, that we have at this point. They don't have the permanent indwelling of the Spirit of God at this point. They don't have the full um, canon of Scripture at this point. They do have the benefit of having been taught by Christ in his presence. And certainly uh, that was a big thing. But uh, what they do have is, is Christ present. Uh, and what they do have is his power uh, to go and accomplish that which he is sending them to do. And we have the same. Uh, we go out with the same power uh, that is available to us from Christ uh, that he gave uh, to these men. Now, I understand, Zach, he's, Christ's not calling us to go out and uh, cast out, well, not typically at least. He's not calling us necessarily to go out and perform these same miracles but he does offer us the same power to go out and share the word of God, to offer the gospel uh, to people who are going to hell uh, without that. And by the way, have you ever thought, why does the Lord name the disciples here, all 12? You ever thought about that? Um, it's, it's historically interesting and it's valuable to us. And I like that we have their names, but I was looking at this again this morning, sister, and I thought, you know what? The Lord knew the names of those men and he knows our names too. 
Amen. He knows our names too. He, he, these individual men were important to him. They, they were called individually by him to come and uh, be part of his little church there, uh, Christ and, and 12, and uh, to be saved and, and, and to be sent out. And he knew them by name. He had an individual personal relationship with each of them. Uh, and he knows us by name. He has individual personal relationship. Uh, isn't that an amazing thing? Just stop and think about that. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, creator of all things, the one who went to the cross, he knows us by name. Marilyn, I, think, I just think that's an extraordinary truth. He knows us by name. I understand we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but also the Father and the Son. There's an intimate relationship that he has with us. Uh, he knows us. But, by the way, don't ever forget that when we stray away, he doesn't go anywhere. Amen. We may stray away from him, but, but he never goes anywhere. He, he, the Lord is indwelling us, and that doesn't change if you're a saved person. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful truth. So uh, the Lord gave these men power, knowing them personally. Uh, he knows us personally. He, he, he gives us power to accomplish whatever it is that he calls us to uh, as well. And boy, I'm thankful for that because I don't have any power, any, any lasting real power, Marilyn, apart from him. Why don't you see also under this main point that Christ sent these, these men out, he guided them. He guided them. He instructed them. Uh, he sent them, as we've said this morning, at this point in time, at this point in time, this part of his program to reach the world, uh, he guided them, uh, be letter C maybe, depending on how you're taking your notes, uh, he guided them to very specific people. Look at verse 5 again. He says, these 12 uh, Jesus sent forth, he commanded them. Well, how can he command them? Well, he's God the Son. He, he has power and authority to command them. That's been our theme recently, of course. He commanded them, saying, Go out in the way of the Gentiles into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not, but rather go uh, to the lost sheep of, of the house of Israel. It's very interesting here. Uh, the word apostle, do you know what the word means? Uh, Zach's shaking his head, yes. He just graduated from Bible college, so he knows that stuff. It means one who's sent, right, or, or sent one, something like that. Uh, the word that is uh, translated sent in, in verse 5 is a sort of verb form of that same word. Uh, so the apostles are sent, the sent ones are sent. Uh, th this is the idea. The, the ones who are, who are called and sent are, in fact, sent. Of course, we are that, too. We understand today that there's no apostles in the world today like there was in the first century. They, they had to witness Christ and, and, and so forth. We, we, we have not, and so we, we don't have the office of apostle, but, but certainly there is a sense in which we have the same calling uh, upon our lives. Uh, of course, in the Great Commission, Christ has called all of us to go, right, and, and to teach the gospel. And, and as we said this morning, we understand he, he's called us, he sent us, he, he empowers us. Uh, he'll send us to specific people also. Uh, I pray about what, what we should do on, on Saturdays and who the Lord would have me to talk to throughout the week. And I always pray the Lord would give us opportunities to have longer conversations with specific people. Zach, we had a couple of those yesterday, right? We met a man yesterday. He was, he was kind of walking up the middle of, of the street to get away from me. I'll follow him right out there, right, Zach? Do you think he was trying to get away? I, don't, I took it as a challenge. So I went right out into the street, and I said, okay, I'll, I, I'm up for a challenge. And um, it, 
he wasn't really trying to get away at all. He, he was just a man with a lot on his mind, and he was willing to talk. Isn't that interesting how sometimes the people who seem like they might be least willing to talk about the Lord, sometimes they're the most willing to talk about the Lord. And so don't, don't ever judge a book by its cover, amen? Uh, you had another experience with a man who looked like he might be combative, and he was combative, right? Uh, but this particular man was not. And uh, we began a talk, and he told me he grew up in a Baptist church in Bridgeport, but he also told me that he did not know for sure if he was going to heaven. And um, he said, you know, I'm a pretty good guy. So, so we had to back up and cover the gospel, and uh, we were able to do that, and, and he seemed very appreciative. He said, you know, Pastor, I, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. And he began to detail some questions about a different, different aspects of Scripture <clears throat> and different aspects of the nature of God. I said, you know what, those are good questions. Do you have any questions? Do you have any questions about things you see in the Bible and the nature of God? I, I shared with that man yesterday, you know, uh, it's, it's okay to have questions as long as there are questions that you have because your heart is to know the truth rather than to try to excuse yourself from accountability to the Lord. Amen? People sometimes will just list out questions. I got a question about this. How can there be three persons in one God? He, he had questioned, how, how, how is it that um, God is male? I said, I don't know how it is that God is male. All I know is that he's revealed in Scripture to be male. Why is he male? He just is. <laughs> he's revealed in Scripture to be male. Uh, by the way, if he was revealed in Scripture to be female, we'd preach that, right? Right? So we talk about that. Uh, but I share with this man that questions aren't a bad thing as long as your heart is to get to the truth uh, and, and ultimately to not let questions distract you uh, from the power of God uh, and the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I, the reason I share all of that this morning is that I don't, I don't think, Rich, I could have a productive conversation with a man like that apart from the power of God. Power of God to go. Uh, power of God to boldly chase him into the street. <laughs> power of God to just, just trust the Lord to know what to say, when to say it, how to say it. The Lord just provides just exactly what we need. Now, I can't tell you that for sure that man was saved yesterday, but I can tell you he heard the gospel, and he heard answers to his questions, uh, and he heard encouragement. Praise God, he makes all that possible. And I'll tell you what, this morning, if I can do that, anybody can. Amen. There, there's nothing special about me uh, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ working in me uh, and through me. And if you know me, you know that's true. Someone say amen. Amen, Pastor. Look here, he guided them. Uh, he guided them here to specific people uh, and then to preach a specific message. Verse 7, as you go, preach, herald forth the truth, saying... Uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this was the, the message that Christ came. Uh, he, he came, remember John the Baptist said the same thing, preached the same thing, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus preached the same thing, uh, told, told these uh, 12 to go preach the same, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Christ came offering the millennial kingdom uh, to the Jewish people if they would just recognize him uh, and, and receive him. Uh, this was the message. Lord gave the message. He gave the words and said, go, go and preach. And of course, he does the same thing for us today. We have the completed New Testament. Uh, we have the gospel. We have, uh, we have the Romans road. We have our, our John and Romans booklets that guide us through. You don't even have to memorize the verses or even know where they are. The cover says, start 
start on this page and the verse is underlined and you read that verse and that page says go to this page and the verse is underlined. You could read that verse and that page says go to the next page and that verse and just walks us right through. God is, the Lord has equipped us uh, with his words. We don't have to wonder what to say. When there's questions, we, we, we you know, bow our heads and, and ask the Lord for, for wisdom and how to answer them. But just as the Lord gave the message here in the first century, he's, he's done the same for us uh, today. And we, we praise God for that. Uh, he guides them here to perform miracles. And of course, that being evidence of his power. Uh, Brother Ed, no doubt that's why Christ did this. He wanted these men to go uh, evidencing the power of Christ so that they would be willing to hear the preaching of the message of Christ. And you know, I, again, I, I don't go out expecting to perform miracles on the street <laughs> or in a conversation in the food store or anything like that. But um, I often wonder, maybe you've thought about this. Marilyn, do you ever wonder if, if people, lost people, can see the power of Christ in our lives as we go humbly just to share the gospel with them? Uh, I suspect people can see that there's something different and, and that we have something that is um, working in us. I, I suspect people can see that. Uh, not that we're you know, performing miracles, but, but still, nonetheless, I, I just suspect that, that people see that we have something that they don't uh, and, that, and that we come in a power uh, that is God and a boldness that is from him uh, and words that are not ours but his and they experience the power, the convicting power first of those words. Uh, I, I just trust that, that people can see that. Uh, and, and they know there's a power uh, in those words that, that is not us. So Christ sent these men out. He sent them out. Uh, he gave them the power that they need. He does that for us. He gave the guidance that he needs. Uh, he does that for us. Pastor Bob, follow that man out in the street, answer his questions, give him the gospel. He, gives us the, he gave them the words, uh, the 12. He's given us the words. He's given, he's given us everything that he needs. Number two this morning, I want you to see this, please. Uh, Christ commanded them to go trusting that he would meet their needs as they went. Uh, number two this morning, Christ commanded them to go uh, this is at least implied, trusting that he would meet their needs as they went. So, number one, Christ sent them out, gave them the power, the spiritual. He equipped them spiritually, the power, the message, the guidance. And then he, he, he said, listen, you, you need to go trusting that I will meet your practical needs also. Let me ask you this before we go on this morning, church. Has, has Christ met your needs spiritually? Has he met your needs spiritually? Has he? He's met my needs spiritually. Has he met your practical needs? Has he met, we don't preach a health and wealth gospel, but he's promised to meet the practical needs of those that have come to Christ, right? Seeking him and, and his righteousness. And he says he'll, he'll add the things that, that we need. <laughs> Gary would be here this morning if he could be. And he always says, my, my problem is I always feel like I need more than I really need. And we understand that, right? We understand that. We get frustrated sometimes. Why won't God give me what that person has? Well, God has a good reason for not giving you what that person has, uh, certainly. But if you stop and think about what do I really need and has God really given me what I really need, the answer is really yes. Amen? It, it really is. And so we see here, look at verse 9 again. He says, he says provide uh, or take neither gold nor silver nor brass. It's interesting. It's 
uh, valuable things what could be used as money and kind of order from highest value to lowest value. Don't, don't, take, um, don't take big bills, don't take smaller bills, don't, don't take littler bills, don't take any money at all. Don't take any money with you at all uh, in your purses. Don't, don't even take a purse. Uh, that word scrip in verse 10, um, it's a leather bag. It was commonly used. You carry your money in that and other things. Don't even take that. Don't, don't, don't take uh, precious metals that could be used to buy things or even anything to carry uh, anything in for your journey. Don't take two coats uh, or, or extra shoes no, nor staves. Uh, don't do that. Don't, don't take that with you. Uh, he says, for the workman is worthy of his meat. We'll come back to that last phrase in a minute. I was looking at Dr. Sorensen's commentary. He was here not that long ago. He said, listen, I, I can see here that, that Christ is asking these men to go trusting that he will meet their needs. And that's kind of the way we usually understand this verse. That, that's true. He said, you know what? I see something else here also. He said, uh, I think there's an urgency implied here also. He says, D -d 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 go trusting that I will give you practically what you need uh, as you go. But go now, go now, go, go and reach lost people right now because they don't, we don't, they don't know how much time they have. You don't know how much time they have. Go, don't even take time to pack a bag, just go. Seems to be the idea. Go with urgency uh, and, and go trusting that somehow, some way, uh, Christ will meet your needs. Uh, praise God. We should have the same urgency uh, and we should have the same faith that as we go, uh, the Lord will, will meet our needs. Um, we know, of course, um, our missionaries uh, will often, Zach, this is true, right? They'll often depart and go to where God has called them to go well before they've reached the level of support that, you know, the mission board says, hey, you would typically need X. But often they'll, they, you know, they get to the time when they believe God would have them to go and you know, God will give them a piece. You just go, and, and I'll take care of it. And he does. <laughs> and he does. If God calls them to go and gives them peace, one way or another, the Lord works that out. Sometimes other churches will kind of pile in and, and provide support as they're departing. Other times he'll stretch out their finances um, in a way that seems quite supernatural. By the way, has the Lord ever done that for you? Has he ever stretched out your finances in a way that seemed quite supernatural? Maybe there was an opportunity to save money somewhere. Um, you were tithing and you wondered how in the world will I ever do this? And supernaturally, the Lord just made it work. Well, um, we trust as we give as God calls and um, try to be good stewards. The Lord, Lord will just make it work. But we do that in faith. We do that in faith. And, and clearly the Lord is calling uh, these men to go in faith. Don't take the practical things that you need. I'm going to provide them for you uh, as you go. This is a great call to faith, and I think it is a great call to urgency. And the Lord says, for the workman is worthy of his meat. Uh, that's there at the end of verse 10, right? For the workman. He said, he said listen, you're going to go, and you're going to do the work that I'm calling you to, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to provide for you. You do the work that I'm calling you to, uh, and, and there'll, be a, there'll be a reward. I, I will provide for you uh, those things uh, which you need. The, the workman is worthy of his meat. It's interesting, by the way, that Paul quoted that last phrase there uh, in 1 Timothy 5, 18. You don't need to go there, but just make a note. It's just interesting. Paul called that phrase scripture. He, he later called that, that phrase scripture, the words that Christ spoke 
uh, and, and that were inscripturated later on by uh, Matthew, uh, Paul, calls, Paul calls that scripture. It's just very interesting. The Holy Spirit had Paul to call uh, the spoken words of Christ, which were eventually inscripturated, scripture, because that's what they are. That's their God's words. It's just kind of a, a neat thing. Uh, so Lord says, you just go. You just go. You have faith that as you work and, and serve me, uh, I will reward you. I will bless you with what you need. And um, Rich, God has never let me down, and I don't think he's let you down either. We just say, Lord, here I am. Take me. Use me. Help me to be faithful to the service that you've called me to, and, and God blesses. I'm going to say this this morning. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. I'm not attacking anyone or beating anyone up. I, I try real hard not to do that. Um, but I will say this this morning. If, if you look at your life and you say, well, yeah, God's meeting my basic needs, but, but I wish there were more blessings from God in my life. I just, you ever think that? Uh, I, I wish that God would bless me more abundantly. Uh, it, it may be uh, simply that you are not serving him the way he would have you to serve him. He says the workman is worthy of his meat, but if you're not doing the work that he's called you to, uh, if you're not a saved, baptized member of a church where you can serve the Lord in a biblical way, uh, you're not able, if you're not doing the work because you're not in the place, remember the place where, where God calls his people to serve him, uh, the blessing for that might be missing from your life. I just, just offer that as, as an explanation. Of course, the, the answer to that is, you know, get yourself, be, be sure that you're saved, baptized believer, member of a church, serving the Lord, however you can, at whatever stage of life you're in, using whatever, whichever of the spiritual gifts God has given you uh, when you are saved, uh, you, know, you, you can fix that with God's help. Lord, give me grace to, uh, you know, get in the membership of whatever church you would add me to and uh, to know my gifting and how you would have me to exercise that, uh, serving you in a church today. And Lord, I'll look to you to bless me uh, as, as you help me to accomplish uh, that work. That's important. That's important. Um, that's God's program for today. That's Lord Jesus Christ's program for today. Churches and church membership and people exercising their spiritual gift in and through the ministries of the church. Someone say, Pastor, I don't know if there's a ministry where I could carry out anything today. Well, come to me, talk to me about that. Uh, it doesn't have to be a formal ministry, amen? It doesn't have to be a formal ministry, but there's no doubt there's, there's a way that your spiritual gift can be used through the program of this church today. And please come and talk to me about that if you feel led to do that. Christ commanded them to trust him for their practical needs. Along the same lines, look with me here in, in verses 11 and following. There's this instruction here about lodging. Where, where would they sleep? We know Jesus said he often didn't have a place to, to lay his head. He didn't have a, a permanent home. He had been basically thrown out of Nazareth, right? And it seems like when he was in Capernaum, uh, up just off the Lake of Galilee, Sea of Galilee, um, that he had a place where he would stay when he was there, but often, often he didn't. Um, and he gives instruction here to the 12 about, you know, where, where would they stay as they go? And this is practical, but I think there's a spiritual lesson here that he's trying to, to teach also. 
Uh, look again at verse 11. He says, Into whatever city or town you shall enter, inquire who is worthy, uh, abide there. Uh, when you come into a house, salute it. Verse 13, If the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if not worthy, let your peace return to you. In verse 14, he says, Whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city. What's he say here? Shake off the dust uh, of your feet. I've been studying that phrase a little bit. Um, you know, it's, we've talked about that. Paul, Paul uses that, that phrase or something similar to that also. And we've always kind of viewed it as, oh, don't get caught up in that. Just shake off the dust and, and move on. But if you study this, this is actually a custom that pictured kind of a curse. Um, it, it, was, it was often done as, as a, an expression of displeasure, but, but really almost kind of a curse uh, toward that person. Here, the one that would not receive them uh, or hear their words. And Zach, what words were, were the words in question here? It would be the message that Christ gave to preach, right? With the gospel being um, certainly um, implied, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, okay, what do we do about that 12? And the, and the gospel would follow that, certainly. We understand that. But if, if they would go into a place and uh, people refused them and refused to hear the words, uh, they were to kind of picture this, this curse uh, that, that Christ proclaimed that that would fall upon them. Now stop and think about that for a second. Uh, are there not great consequences for refusing the gospel? Uh, and that's, it's like a curse, right? Uh, if, if someone today refuses the offer of salvation uh, that, that Christ has made, uh, the only possibility when that person dies is in eternity in hell, right? That's the only possibility where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and fire and horror, all, all just terrible, uh, and, and no possibility of anything else. Um, if there's a purgatory, it's not in the Bible. It's never hinted at. It's not there. There's just hell, uh, which is a curse. It very much could be viewed as a curse. <laughs> or there's heaven, which is certainly not a curse. It's a blessing. Amen. Uh, and so I, I believe here uh, the, the Lord is, yes, he's addressing their practical need. You go and uh, you go and work with people and offer them my message, and, and they will invite you in to stay. But uh, if, if they refuse the message, you, you go shaking off the dust, uh, picturing uh, a curse which would picture the, 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 the future that they have to look forward to, which is only hell. And so I believe that's the Lord's idea here, that in, in doing what he's commanding, they would either be picturing a blessing the blessing of salvation, the blessing of coming to Christ, and the hope that comes with that, uh, or the curse that comes in rejecting the man of God, uh, the words of God, and, and, and the Son of God, uh, all of that. He says in verse 15, Verily I say unto you, it should be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city, a place and a people that refuse Christ. They'd be better off in Sodom and Gomorrah than what's coming for them, uh, a very real very real hell. Zach, aren't you glad this morning that nobody has to go to hell? Nobody has to go to hell. All it takes is, is repentance, a, a change of mind about my sin, a turning to Christ, and placing my faith in him and him alone. And uh, boy, the moment you do that, you're saved. Amen. Is it a long drawn? No, you're just saved. And yes, growth is a process, but salvation happens in a moment when we place our faith in Christ. We're so thankful for that this morning. Let's go just a touch further this morning. I want you to see number three. Christ sent them out. We saw that number one. Christ sent them out. 
met their spiritual needs as they went, gave them power, gave them direction, gave them words. Secondly, Christ sent them out saying, hey, you gotta trust me to meet your practical needs. And we know he did. We know he did. We know he met their practical needs as they went. Uh, and then number three this morning, I want you to see this. He sent them out despite the fact that he knew they would face great difficulty, Maryland, even persecution. He knew that when he sent them out, uh, he was sending them out into a world that would reject him, certainly, uh, so much that they would execute him upon a cross, the typical form of Roman punishment, uh, ex execution, I mean to say, uh, and certainly he, he understood that many, perhaps the majority of, yes, he knew it would be the majority that he sent them out to, they, they, would, they would refuse the message uh, and they would do that in a way that would often cause uh, the 12 to, to know persecution, real persecution. Um, Christ sent them anyway. He sent them anyway because they needed to hear the gospel. He, he sent them anyway. Now, um, have we all been commanded to go and share the gospel? Church? 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 We have been, right? If you're a saved, baptized member of this church, the Great Commission is, it's, it's our commission. It's our privilege, but it's our commission. It's binding upon us. Did the Lord give that knowing knowing, Zach, that sometimes when you go offering the gospel, someone would react very, I don't even know what the word is. How, how did that man, one man react yesterday? Vi vilely, almost vi violently, but vilely. I said, what did that man say to you? He said, you don't want to know. <laughs> he, he was vile. We passed through there a little bit later on, and the, and the John and Romans was on the ground there, right? And my first thought was, oh, we should pick it up and give it to someone else. And I thought, no, that couple last week found it in the shopping cart, came to church. So I thought maybe someone else pick it up or, or maybe that man would go back and pick it up when he was feeling less vile. It's okay. Scripture, maybe it's still there. Someone else will find it. Um, the Lord commanded you to go despite the fact that he knew that man would say something vile to you. Well, that man needs to be saved. That man needs to be saved. <laughs> the man that tried to run out into the street. It'd be terrible if that man ran in the street and got hit. No, he, thank God he didn't. Um, thank God he didn't. The Lord knows that the majority of people that we go to aren't going to be interested. They're not going to want to hear the gospel. But he also knows that some will. Amen? He also knows that some will. So he says here in verse 16, Behold, I send you forth as sheep, his sheep, right? He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. Pastor, I thought you were the shepherd. No, I'm the under-shepherd. He's the shepherd, amen? He's the shepherd. We're the sheep. He says, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of what? What? What's the, what's the W word? Wolves. And aren't, aren't they predators of sheep? Uh, they are. So there's danger being pictured there. You're, we're the sheep being sent forth in the midst of wolves uh, who are predators. Uh, he says, be ye therefore wise... Be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Be wise. Go, go in godly wisdom. That'll require, you know, taking wisdom from the word of God and praying. God, help me to apply your words to go in wisdom as, as we go. Uh, go and be harmless. That's interesting. Be harmless as doves. Uh, I think the idea here is trust the Lord to protect and to defend and, and to avenge where that, where that may be needed. 
course, we've been looking at that idea on Wednesday nights, also in the life of David. Trust the Lord to avenge where, where that is needed. Uh, go in his wisdom, understanding that there is danger. Understanding that there is danger. Do missionaries ever get sent overseas and then killed? They do. Uh, were they still supposed to have gone? Yeah, they were supposed to have gone. Uh, why, why did God allow them to be killed? Well, he has his purposes, and it's not for us to question. Say amen, please. Sometimes you say God has his purposes, and it's not for me to question. Amen? Uh, that was the problem Job got into, right? And there was a purpose that he lost his health and all of his children, all of his wealth. There was purpose for that. God was showing some things in that, and God knew that it would be temporary, but Job didn't know that. <laughs> and, and, and God let all that stuff happen to Job, and Job began to angrily question, right? Had to, re had to repent of that. Lord, help us to never... We may wonder why you allow a certain man to go in obedience to you uh, and then die. Uh, it's okay to wonder. Can you know that God had a good purpose? Can you know that? I believe you can know that. Uh, and you just have to say, God, I... I may not be able to see all of your purposes. I may wonder about that, but I refuse to question you, God. You have to say that, God. I'm going to make t-shirts. God, I, re I refuse to question God. Amen? We have bumper stickers. We refuse to question God. Just let that sink into your heart. I will, I will not question God. Uh, I will not. <laughs> you could question, Zach, why, why, why God, would you have me to go uh, and talk to a man who said something so vile to me that I couldn't repeat it. And Zach will say some stuff, amen? No, I'm sorry, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, we're not going to question. You, you went because that man needs to be saved. And boy, he really needs to be saved, right? Uh, yeah, really. Um, there is uh, danger. There's danger amongst lost people. And Lord knows that. Lord knows that. He offers wisdom and his guidance, and he has his purposes in permitting that. I fear sometimes that people, people refuse to go and share the gospel because there's danger. Is that true? Sometimes people refuse to go and share the gospel because there's danger. And I think sometimes I've said to people, oh, no, it's fine. You know, we go and um, there's no danger. There's no danger. But the truth is there could be. There could be, right? Jesus told these men there could be. Uh, I know when the 144,000 go out in the tribulation period, there's going to be real danger. And Christ goes on and he describes that. But he's sending them anyway because people need to be saved. And you know, if, if we were out sharing the gospel and the Lord, Lord called one of us home, what would we do? Would we get angry at God? Would we get angry at him, Marilyn? No, we'd say God was in control. <laughs> that man or that woman or that person was doing exactly what God called them to. And, and for whatever reason, he, he called them home. That doesn't usually happen when a church goes out for outreach, right? But, you know, it can't happen. Anything can happen. Missionaries get sent out. Anything can happen. Uh, is there danger? Yeah, there could be danger. Are we called to go anyway? Yes, we are. Are we called to be wise about that? Yes, we are, specifically and literally uh, by Christ to be wise about that. We go in groups where, where there might be practical danger. Uh, we, we're, we're careful and, and we're wise. 
We don't take uh, risks for the thrill of it, amen? We, we're called to go and, and, and be wise, and so we're, we're careful as we go, but, but we go uh, nonetheless. Jesus warns of persecution. Uh, verse 17, beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils. They will scourge you in their synagogues. You shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake for testimony against them uh, and the Gentiles. I think this looks specifically ahead, literally ahead to the tribulation period. I think this literally physically looks ahead to the tribulation period. I think verse 19 does uh, as well. Take no thought for what you'll say, but allow the Spirit to guide your words and uh, the persecution that's described in verses 21, 22, I think that literally looks ahead to the tribulation period. As Sermon on the Mount looks ahead to the millennium, some of these warnings literally look ahead to what the Lord's witnesses, the 144,000, perhaps others, will experience uh, during the tribulation period. That said, these words are in our Bible today because there's principles that apply to us today. We know there's danger, and so we go with wisdom from the Lord, prayerfully with wisdom from the Lord. We know that there could be different kinds of persecution uh, if we'll go out and share the gospel. And, you know, you might experience some name-calling on the street or some profanity, some vileness. Family may question, why in the world are you doing that? Uh, or, or worse, there's different kinds of persecution uh, that we may experience. I don't think any of us are going to be uh, delivered up to the councils and scourged in the synagogues, but evidently in the tribulation period, some will experience that, and yet they're going to go anyway. They're going to know that that specifically uh, will happen because the Lord has prophesied that specifically will happen, uh, and yet they're going to go anyway because people in the tribulation period need to be saved and, and will be saved. What's the application for us? We need to go anyway also. We need to go expecting there could be some persecution of some kind, not this severe for most of us at least living in this place at this time, but there could be persecution. But we need to go anyway in Christ's power with his guidance, offering his words because uh, people need to be saved. And then verse 19, uh, when they deliver you, take no thought what you shall speak for it shall be given you in the same hour. It's not uh, ye that speak, but the spirit of your father. I believe that's specifically alluding to the tribulation persecution in verses 17 and 18. But again, there's a principle that we can take out of that today. Sometimes we don't go because we're afraid we won't know what to say. Is that true? Is that true? I'm afraid to go because I don't know what to say. Well, study how to share the gospel. Learn how to use the John and Romans books that we have. They're really easy to use, amen? I can use them. <laughs> Pastor, you're a genius. No, I'm not. You know that. <laughs> you know that. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Brother Ray says amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, if you can read, you can do that. And by the way, if you can't read, you can learn it and do it. You can learn a few verses and share the gospel. I know not everyone can read as well as other people, but you can learn a few verses and share the gospel. Or you can point other people to the verses and they can read them. There's a lot of value in doing that, by the way. You open up John and Romans and point them to the verses and have them read them. Have them read them. I know some people can't read. If they struggle, you can read it for them. You don't want to embarrass them. Um, but that's, those are the words. And that's where the power is in those words. 
But, but what about questions, Pastor? What about the questions? Um, I did a, um, a survey of my students up at the college this past semester. I asked them for honest feedback. You gotta be careful what you ask for, amen? <laughs> um, but there was good feedback. It was, it was all positive and, and, and productive, and there were some praises in there, I like those. I like that better than the constructive feedback. <laughs> um, one student said, I really appreciate that if we had a question that you didn't feel you had a good enough answer to, you told us that, and then you went and studied it and came back to the next class with the answer. You could do the same thing. Someone asks you a question, you say, hey, you know what? I guess I should probably know the answer, but I don't. But um, I'd be happy to get back to you on that. Give me your phone number. Come to church. Give me your email. Uh, you can do that. But what you can also do, what you can also do is go saying, you know what? Um, I've been in church. I, I know some things. There, there's some scripture in my mind. I'll bet I could just trust the Spirit of God to take what I know and help me to use that as questions come up. And if I really, truly don't have an answer, if the Holy Spirit does not help me to recall some scripture or principle that I can share in response to a question, well, then I can offer to get back to that person or offer that, hey, if you'll come to church tomorrow, I'll try to have an answer for you or I'll take you on my pastor. And if he doesn't have an answer, he'll find the answer. You know, you, you can trust the Spirit of God to help you use what you've heard, what's in there, and your fallback position can be, I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll, is that okay? That's okay. You can do that. Sometimes we don't want to do that because we're so prideful, right? Oh, I don't, I don't want to look like I'm ignorant or foolish. Well, I don't either. But people have a lot of respect if we're honest with them. I'll, I'll tell you what I know, and if I'm not sure, I'll tell you that too. And people respect us a lot more when we're honest about what we know and what we don't know. And that man yesterday, Zach, you know, I, I said some of his questions, I just, we just don't have the answers. We just don't have the answers. Why, why is God represented as male? It's because that's who he is. That's how he's revealed. How, is, how are three persons one God? I don't know, but the Bible reveals a triune God. I, I don't understand it, but, but I'll, I'll teach it. Uh, and I said to that man, as I say to you, I appreciate that the nature of God is a little bit beyond my understanding, maybe a lot of bit beyond my understanding. He's God. He's that much further above us. Uh, he's God. I appreciate that I can't wrap my, my human brain around all of his attributes the way I might like to. Uh, he's God. It helps me to appreciate his majesty, his highness, uh, his, his godliness. Um, so the Lord says, go and, and trust, trust the Holy Spirit to give you the words. Well, th that may be specifically for the tribulation period, but I can apply that today also. I can apply that today also. Uh, he encouraged them to go and endure all sorts of persecution, verses 21, 22, 23. Uh, he says, you know what? If there, there may be conflict within families. Brother shall deliver up brother to death, father to the child, child shall rise up against their parents, cause people to death. That's pretty clearly, pretty plainly, tribulation period stuff. Uh, but I also understand that um, my faithfulness can cause questions and conflict uh, within families. Well, I, I, don't, I don't like that, but I'm not going to let it prevent me from being faithful to go out and share the gospel um, either. Um, so I stopped there this morning and asked you this. Do we have everything that we need to be faithful to go and to lead people to Christ? Is there anything that we don't have that we need? 
did the Lord leave anything else out? Did he leave anything out? No. He says, go. I'll meet your spiritual needs as you go. I'll meet your practical needs as you go. Uh, came right out and said, you're going to face opposition and persecution and trials and difficulties. But he's, what's implied is, I'll be there with you, right? Has he promised to never leave you nor forsake you? He has. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Yeah. Lord, give us hearts to go. Give us hearts to go. I want to put together a special Saturday sometime soon where we all go, or as many as possibly can. Uh, we'll sing. Now, the minute I say that, sister, someone's going to say, I can't sing. Come anyway. Guess what? I can't sing either. Marilyn knows. You probably can, but I can't. Brother Ray, amen, right, Brother Ray? <laughs> You're not very smart. You can't sing. <laughs> I'll go anyway. Uh, yeah, um, when we go to, over to the Stop and Shop at Christmas time and sing carols, people appreciate that, right? You know, they, they'll stop and listen, and they'll, they'll take a John and Romans. They, they appreciate that. We could do that. We could do more of that. Uh, we were over at Stop and Shop uh, two weeks back, hand, just handing out scripture. No one, no one attacked us. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, so be praying about that. I like to, like to have time where we go out and we sing and some will be able to walk and hand out stuff. Others may just sit and pray and sing and offer scripture to passers-by. Be praying about that, please. Um, and as you pray, maybe you want to look back at this chapter and say, Lord, I know you've called me. I know the Great Commission. And I can see here that you provide all that we need to obey. To be, you provide all of our spiritual needs. You provide our physical needs. You've warned us to be careful, to be wise, because there is actually the potential for danger. But you call us to go anyway, and so I will. And um, I encourage you this morning, if, if that's your heart, praise God. Thank him for that. If you're not quite there, let's pray this morning. Say, Lord, give me that heart. Give, give me that heart. I want I, Intellectually, in my mind, I want to be obedient to you. Nothing else makes sense, but I'm, I'm still going to struggle with this. And so I'm going to need you to work in my heart. Give me that urgent desire, the burden, and help me to trust that you'll meet my spiritual, physical needs as we go. And um, Lord, thank you for the blessings that you'll pour into my life as I go in obedience to you. You can thank him for that ahead of time. Why can you do that, Zach? Because he's faithful to bless our obedience. Amen? All right, I'll stop there and pray. Father, thank you. Lord, thank you for this passage. Uh, there's a lot here, certainly. And uh, Lord, we're grateful. I, I'm grateful for it. Uh, Lord, there's some difficulties. Uh, clearly, some of it looks ahead to the tribulation. And we know that's going to be a profoundly difficult time. But but, Lord, I know you're going to accomplish profoundly good things through those difficulties, uh, the salvation of Israel and Jewish people. Lord, we know today that we can take these same promises and principles and, and reach people today, <laughs> before the rapture, before the tribulation. And, Lord, what, what a joyful thing to, to see people come to Christ before they need to experience all, all the profound difficulties of, of the tribulation. Father, use us. 
Lord, give us hearts to obey you, to go and to apply these things uh, as we do that. Lord, give us hearts uh, to go corporately as a church and, and to go individually uh, as you lead, looking for opportunities to share the gospel as we go throughout our day. Uh, Lord, if, if we can have a, a day where we uh, go, and a special day to go out together and, and, and sing and offer scripture and pray and uh, be a special encouragement to each other, a day this summer. Lord, I pray that you would just put that together and work in hearts and, and help us to be united about that and, and to go together uh, rejoicing in uh, each other's obedience and, and trust in you and, uh, and Lord rejoicing in the blessings that you pour into our life for our obedience. Father, I thank you for that this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray now we take a moment and, and pray whatever you've laid upon our hearts, whatever we need to pray as individuals in this regard give you a moment to pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for the great purpose that you've poured into our lives. You've not saved us just to avoid hell. You've saved us to serve you. And I thank you for that. Lord, thank you for the wonderful purposes that you've poured into our lives. Help us, Lord, uh, to make your purposes our purposes, to trust you for all that we need to do that. And Lord, I thank you ahead of time for the blessings that you pour into our lives in response to our obedience. Lord, thank you for my church, my church family. I'm grateful for each and every one of them. Uh, I pray again this morning for, for some, many who've not been able to be here today. We pray uh, for uh, Brother Ford and for um, Art and Gary and others. Lord, have your hand upon them, please. Um, we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, look up here. Uh, 